0: Hey, start of a new season in this here room. And I tell you what, it's going to be an awesome season. God is going to do something special. I'm really believing for something special to be taking place. And we're starting a new series today. And um, we're going to be looking at our values, the values of family church. I'm not talking our moral values as such, right? Our moral values are... Jesus, we get our moral values, but our values, the things that that we value, the things that we value, what we value, and I was thinking about this in preparation, because it sounds quite dry, really, look at our values, and I thought about it, you know, you cannot underestimate the value of values, seriously, if it is true saying that we do what we do, because we are who we are, yeah, would that be true, we do what we do, because we are who we are, that's why we do it, then I think it's equally true to say that we are who we are because of the things we value. We are who we are because of the things that we value. The things that we value will, will, um, they, will they will, what did I say, <laughs> they will help us identify, they will identify us and establish us, the things that we value, they will be the things that, that we do, they are our values. You know, if you value, for example, you got a car, you value your car, right? Because your car gets you to work, and you value your job, because your job brings an income, and you value your income. And so, you will take care of your car. You will most likely make sure it's serviced every year. You'll make sure that there's oil in it, so it doesn't seize up on it. You will insure it so somebody else doesn't, doesn't take it. Or if they do, you get paid out. But based on what you value and the value that you put on your car, is how you're going to look after your car. So the things that you value you're going to put great emphasis in, and that is going to lead and direct your life to a larger or lesser or greater extent, isn't it? What you value is going to cause you to to live your life in that direction to look after that. It's going to influence the direction of your life. And so we are going to look at who we are as family church in the next few weeks. What what are the things that we value? Because those are the things that set the direction for us as a church, mm-hmm. not just us here in Family Church Waterlooville, but we are family church. We are one church in many uh, locations. We are in Portsmouth and Havant and Gosport and Waterside and the Philippines and here. Yeah, you know, we we share these common sense, this common value, these common values that that we hold close. These things are important to us as a church. You know, I think every family has their own sort of unique culture um, I know certainly me growing up in my parents house they had their own culture we had our own culture based on the values that my parents held and so they, they valued family time so so we as a family would always eat dinner together and you would always eat together you would never leave the table until everybody had finished eating any of you have that Please, can I leave the table? Please, I'm finished. Thank you very much. Can I leave the table now? You'd stay on the table until your family had finished eating, right? We would have to take turns of washing the dishes. Whose turn is it this week? I washed last week. No, you're going to try this week. We took turns, I think. We learned responsibility. It was, it was the culture of our family where we had to, it was the, based on our parents' values. And, and so every family has that. And so, but I left my house, my parents' house, at the age of 18, as we did back in those days, and um, I went and made my way in life. Until on the 16th of September, 1992, something extraordinary happened in my life. And I got adopted into a new family. I bowed my knee to Jesus. I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and God became my Father, my new Father. And I came into his house, adopted into his family, and I, and I took on his values. His values now became my values, and I took on the culture and the values of God, and I live out his values in my life. His kingdom has come, his rule. The, the kingdom of God is a place where. Uh, The king rules and reigns, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So when Jesus says, The kingdom of God is among you and the kingdom of God is now in you, that should mean that the rule and reign of the king has now come within my life. Mm -hmm. And that is the way it is. And how does that happen? How does that work out? By me accepting, by me embracing the values that my father values to walk in his ways. Psalm 65, verse 4, a fantastic scripture press start now okay psalm 65 verse 4 i love this blessed is the man you choose and cause to approach you that he may dwell in your courts listen to this that he may dwell in your courts we shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house of your holy temple isn't that a fantastic scripture we may dwell in the courts of god this is written by a king king david and he's writing by, about a greater king about the courts of a greater king, of God himself, of Jesus Christ. And he's saying, I can't wait to get into your courts. I know what it's like to be in my courts as a king. There's every need is met. There's every good thing there. There's protection and there's provision and there is security and there's acceptance of my courts. But in your courts, I can't wait to get there. I can't wait to dwell in your courts. And he says, we shall be satisfied with the goodness of of your house, of your holy temple. Do you know what? So often I think we miss out on so much God has for us because we don't recognize that that you are a son and a daughter. If, if you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he's your father. God is your father. Jesus Christ is your big brother. The Bible says he's the firstborn among many brothers and sisters, among many brethren. Right. So we, and, I, and I think so often, we, 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 we don't recognize the fact that we are accepted in him. And that we, can, we are free to come into the Father's presence and to put out your hand and to take from that bowl, or if, it's a bowl of, if it were a bowl of grapes. You are free. There isn't a big do not touch label over everything in the kingdom of God. No. The Bible says, Romans 8 says that he has given us the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba father and he says and if we if we are if we are children of god then we are heirs of god and joint heirs, co-heirs with jesus you are a co-heir with jesus you have every right because not because You are entitled, but because God has accepted you and you can put out your hand and you can receive the healing that he has for you. If you need provision, you can put out your hand and receive it. It's not taking, it's not arrogant to stand on God's word and to believe God's promises in the face of all adversity. You can receive what God has for you. Just put out your hand and receive it because it is yours. Jesus paid the price in whatever area of life you have need. But God is your Father. God is your Father. John 14, verse 2, says, Jesus speaking to his disciples, and he says, um, did we get that one? He says, um, sorry, 14, 2. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going to prepare a place for you. So very similar to Psalm 65, that, that, there is a, that, that, that there is a place in God for us. And Jesus is telling us clearly, it's my Father's house. When you come to me, I'm going to bring you into my Father's house. And there is place for you. Some say mansions, some say many rooms. The point is this, is that there is place. There is a wide open space that has been made for you in the Father's house. Where you can live securely. Where you can live accepted you don't have to go through life trying to please God and groveling and, and 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 living by a law to please him. You're accepted in Christ and you can live. You are welcome in the Father's house today because of what Jesus said to you. But 14 chapter 14 verse 1 comes before 14:2. Can we go back to verse 1 there, Johnny? Chapter 14 verse 1. Do we have it? Of oh, the ESV. Okay. All right, but fourteen one precedes fourteen two. Yeah, it goes like that. And, and and in it, so Jesus sorry, I'll just talk it. So in it, Jesus um, is talking to his disciples at the last supper and he's saying to them, he's saying to them, Don't let your hearts be troubled. In other words, don't be don't be overwhelmed with inward agitation and, and turmoil and angst. And he said, just just he said, believe in God. Believe also in me. Believe in God. Believe also in me. And then, and then he goes in to say, now, verse 2, in my Father's house are many mansions. I'm going to make a place for you. And he starts to tell them that I am the way, the truth, and the life. This is how you get to the Father. But it's all within the context of verse 1. Chapter 14, verse 1 is the context for everything that Jesus is telling them after. And it starts with this. Believe. Believe in God. Believe also in me, Jesus. Believe in Him. Because we are going to have to live a life in this world. Jesus said His kingdom is not of this world. His kingdom is a spiritual kingdom. And we are going to live in this physical world where there is opposition. And we are going to have to live by faith. The just shall live by faith. You're going to have to live by what you believe. Not by what somebody tells you. Not by what I'm preaching. Not by, but by. you will live by what you believe. And because of what you believe this is what is going to enable you to to dwell in his house and to live by his values because you believe you believe that his way is better than our way his way which is determined by his values see God's ways are determined by his values the way I live my life is determined by what I place value on same with God his ways are higher than my ways his values of oh, my values now. And I'm going to walk in His ways because I believe. Not because a pastor told me to. Not because any person told me to. But because I believe. It comes back to that one thing. We're going to believe God and, and develop that. You know, it's, a, it's, a, it's the life of faith and, and, it's, and it's incremental and it's a journey. And, and, you know, faith starts as a mustard seed and it grows. But we have to be paying attention to the things of God and, and, and looking at what He values and why He values them and reassessing and reevaluating our lives. What do we value? What do we value? Do I, do I value the same things that God values? Am I putting that value on them? You know, we could, really have, uh, we could really have gone off the deep end on this one because the more I thought about it, the more I realized how this impacts every area even John, we could go into Romans 8 on this, my brother. Life in the Spirit, right? Because those who walk according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. Those who walk according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. In other words, what you value? You're going to go in the direction of the things you value. Either in the, the direction of the Spirit or the direction of self and sensual satisfaction and desires being fulfilled. It's what we value. So, we in Family Church have... Common set of values like any family we have a culture based on our values and so we're just gonna I'm just gonna give you an overview today of what those values are not moral values they're not moral values the things that we hold close the things that we esteem as being necessary to that are close to the heart of God and that we want to fulfill in our lives and in our churches right our congregations so the things we hold close number one our values Christ-centered Christ-centered we are committed to keeping Jesus and his kingdom at the center of our lives and everything we do. And so next week, Sandy will share on this. We are a Christ-centered church. We're not just a, a social group gathering. We, we are a Christ-centered. This is about Jesus. Not God. Not God like some generic, just God. No, no. Jesus, he, who is God. But nevertheless, Jesus. No one comes to the Father but by Jesus we are commissioned, a value that we hold dear, the fact that we hold on to this as a value that we hold dear, that we are commissioned, that, that we live passionately to share the gospel. Like Sandy shared earlier, we, 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 we will give the full counsel of God. And whether you're saying amen or oh me or oh my, we will still share the full gospel of God. What does God say about the situation? And that's what we'll go to simply what does god say and and that we will do to the best of our ability we will have passionately to do that it is about disciples being being disciples you see we're not called to be admirers of jesus we're called to be disciples of jesus we don't stand at a distance and admire him, lovely man Jesus, thank you. No, we're called to be his disciples, and we hold that as a, as a, as a core value, that we are to be disciples, uh, growing into all that he's called us to be. We, another value that we hold dear is about empowering, empowering. Empowering others to, to, to serve God in all avenues and spheres of their lives to become all that God has called them to be, to empower others. That is at the heart of who we are. We are Bible-believing, number five. Bible-believing. Walking in the unchanged truth of God's word. You know what? The minute you start veering off from what was written in the Bible, uh, just a little adjustment at the beginning. When you get to the end, you can be so far off course, like playing snooker. You just get those angles a little bit, and that ball can go way off. We are Bible-believing. We are going to walk straight down the middle of God's counsel. We are going to be balanced in every area as best as we can, taking the full counsel of God. But we are not going to, to go off into a ditch and become all super spiritual to satisfy some or go into the other ditch and, 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 and become uh, religious to satisfy others. We are going to stay straight down the middle and declare the counsel of God. We are spiritual people. We are a spiritual people we will acknowledge the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Come on, who, you know, I remember our pastor used to say, you know, if you you just have the Word alone, you dry up. If you have the Spirit alone, you blow up. But if you have both, if you have the Spirit and the Word, you grow up. And that's what we want to do. We want to have the Word and the Spirit of God. And we balance, we, we recognize the voice of the Spirit by the Word of God. And so we have both together and we make place for the spirit of god that is our heart and we are worshipers Amen. we are worshipers i encourage you when we have worship come on lift your hands and praise god as ever and and stretch yourself a little bit you know if you're not used to it it's uncomfortable raising your hands right but stretch yourself and i tell you what there are times when i, I lift my hands up and i feel like i am touching heaven God's hand is, the, I mean, come on. But you stretch yourself because it's between you and God. And this is who we are. We are worshipping God. We're not singing to an audience. Cut everybody else out around you. And we worship and praise uh, God. We are family. We are family. We, are cele- we celebrate our diversity and our culture and our ages. And we're committed to developing healthy relationships. And I mean, in this, in this last month now, we've had such a, it was a really good time having lots of fellowship and socializing and, and just hanging out together, eating a lot. David and, and Alice are very disappointed this morning because there was no food on offer because every time they come to us, there's food, right? But we, but we are committed to family and building family. And with all of our diversity, it brings such a richness when we have people from every nation coming in and bringing your cultures and bringing your diversity. And together, we grow stronger. We come in this, this melting pot of all, all nations, of all ages as well. The kids, as well as the older folks. All of us, David. And, sorry, and, you know, the whole lot. Praise God. <laughs> and we are servant hearted. We are servant, we are here, you know what? We, we, don't want to, we don't want to raise up leaders who serve. We want to raise up servants who lead. We are servant hearted. That is what it's about, serving one another. Whoever wants to be graced among you is going to be servant of all, right? We are community minded. Being the hands and the feet of Jesus and the local community, and that's what our movie night's all about. It's a start. We're doing what we can do with the resources that we've got, and it's been a year now. It's been a year. Huh? Isn't that fantastic? I just want to thank you, each and every one. The popcorn maker Veronica, yes. and, and the setup team, Anne and yes. Roz and Andrew and Johnny, always always here. Amy, you guys always here, helping us getting this movie night. For the, for the community, where we show them that there aren't any hooks in God, that God is good, that we don't give you something with the left hand and take with the right, but we can be a blessing to the community and, and, and just sow good seed up in the lives of people who have never seen anything good from the church before, perhaps. They've just heard bad stuff. We sow in good seed. We are community-minded, and we will enlarge what we can do as the numbers grow and the giftings grow within the church. And we're honourable, something so lacking in our modern society. We give honour where God says it is due. We honour one another, and we show honour to one another. Such a big thing. So those are the twelve values that we va- that we have as a family, as family church, and and so I said, like any fel- any 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 um, family, we have a culture that's based on our on our values. We are not a culture. We have a culture, but we're not a culture. Right. Huh? We we're not a social group with common values. We're a family in God. We are family in God, and we see that family expressed best in Acts chapter two, one of the most one of my favorite books of the Bible. That, that one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, Acts chapter two, and you see how the the early church how they they they, they spent time together, fellowshiping and socializing together, but with Christ at the center. They went from house to house. The Bible says that. Um, they broke bread together. And that's something we must do again soon, is break bread together. We, the, the, when they got together, they would, they would have a meal in remembrance. They would break that bread and do it in remembrance of what Jesus had bought for them. Not, you know, communion, and when we break bread, it's not meant to be this melancholy, sad time. Of course, we, 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 we do reflect on, on the price that Jesus paid. But communion, breaking bread, is about remembering what Jesus did, remembering what he bought for us, that we now... Come into the Father's house where we can be satisfied in the courts of our God, where we can receive all that God has for us, where we can become children of God, heirs and co-heirs of Jesus. That's what we remember when we break bread, that Jesus has paid the price for us. It's not because of us, it's in spite of us. He's paid the price. So this is who we are. And, and this is how the early church was. So that is who we are, but, but why we are? Why we are? We are children of God. Not because we are so awesome, not because we are all that, but because we heard the truth and we received the truth. You know, Psalm 65, it said that, uh, this is David Old Testament talking, he says, blessed is the man you choose and cause to approach you, that he may dwell in your courts. Blessed is the man. And that almost sounds like, if, 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 if you don't know your Bible, you could be tempted to think, well, God chose Andrew and he didn't choose Andrew's neighbor. And God chose you, but not, not your brother or your sister. No, no. John 1, 11. We, oh, I didn't give this to you, did I, Johnny? Sorry, man. John 1, 11 Jesus, this is, this, this is John talking of Jesus, talking of Jesus, right? And he says, he came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. Why do we do what we do? Because we believe. Because we believe. To those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Born of God. Why? Through what? We, through what? Through receiving Jesus. As many as received him, as many as received him, to them he gave. Jesus said, "I will never cast away anyone who comes to me." So yeah, the Father chooses us in Christ. We are predestined and chosen in Christ, because in His foreknowledge God saw you, accepting the sacrifice and receiving that sacrifice, just just receiving it and receiving Jesus as your savior. He says, "Yep, the price is paid for you because you are now in Christ. You are in Christ. You are mine." So. Our highest purpose in family church is the cause of Christ, which is why was Christ born? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That is God's purpose in Christ, and we live for the cause of Christ. That is our highest purpose. Our purpose here in family church, and family church, what live for us even specifically, is to share the gospel, to... to, to, to not to hold back, to tell everybody by any means we have the good news of Jesus Christ, that they don't have to earn God's forgiveness. That is, the price has been paid, and they can come, and they then too can, can be adopted as sons and daughters of the Almighty God, that they, they can enjoy peace with God. They can find purpose for their lives, just like we did. This is our highest call, the cause of Christ, for the cause of Christ. And church, we are here for the long haul. I want to tell you, we are here for the long haul. You know, we are planting out, this is literally like planting out for the third time now after we started, we were, we were not picking up nicely and then COVID. But we are planting out again, but we are here for the long haul. And while I was preparing this, I remembered um, the testimony of my, my pastor back in South Africa. And by the time I joined the church, the church was established. It was a big established church, fantastic church. But i remember hearing his testimony and part he would share parts of that testimony and i remember him telling us how when they first tried to buy the land the plot of land that they built the church on the opposition that they experienced the the community where we were trying to buy the land signed up got petitions drawn up to stop us buying that land to build the church they they they, they, they tried getting court orders raised to stop us they went to the newspapers and people were we we're, were printing all sorts of absolute nonsense about our pastor. Just, but you know, if it's in the paper, it must be true, right? And 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 all sorts of things. But he stayed the course. He stayed the course, and he kept doing life by God's values. I remember him giving us testimony once of of how once a, a, um, I, th- I think it was a radio presenter in those days. Um, it was a radio presenter who had come into the service to record the service, and he wanted to, he was he just wanted to have a, a, a go. He was looking. He didn't come there to receive he came to look to find fault and and this guy went away and he came up with some absolute gibberish and and Ray was our pastor Ray was our pastor and he said in himself he was tempted to try and shut this down but he felt the Lord say to him just bless him you bless your enemies love your enemies do good to those who hate you he sent him a box of chocolates this guy, he, 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 he actually, he got this box of it didn't It didn't turn him, it didn't win him over, but it stopped him in his tracks because he didn't know how to respond to that. How do you respond to the person that you've just bad mouthed and they send you a box of chocolates? Yeah. What do you do to that? Yeah, so he stayed the course. Pastor Andy, do you know what? We're 25 years old this year, hey? Pastor Andy and Pastor Gina planted this 25 years ago. When they planted, Pastor Andy at that time was a very successful evangelist. He was going around the country, filling up halls and stuff like that, and, and seeing people saved, seeing lives changed, until God spoken to his life and said, I want you to stop that, and I want you to plant a church in Portsmouth, and you're going to be a pastor. And so he stopped all the successful ministry he had on the go, and he did this, and, he, and, and he, the first night they got there, and they had a handful of people come in. Some staring out the window, others yawning. Not like you guys. You guys are awesome. You, you're fantastic. I'm speaking faith. No, I'm not. You're beautiful. Thank you. Come on. But, but and that's what he had to have for that's what he had for years, he said, for, for a long time. And he would just come out of those services and he would say, a pastor you know, That was awesome. Praise God. We're going forward. Just speaking God's word over the circumstances. Just speaking and just staying with God. And we are 25 years, that was 25 years ago. And look at us now. One church in many locations in the Philippines, Pastor Andy goes all over the world preaching the gospel, seeing people saved, building people up. So us, Family Church whatever we have got our own adversities to overcome. We've got our own challenges to overcome. Like I said, pandemic, lockdown. I mean, just as we were starting to get some decent numbers, crunch. <laughs> a year and a half later, what was it, a year and a half later, we, we get back together again. And, and, and it's just like, the, just like this lethargy in the Christian world. Christians have become like listless. I don't know, like, you know, listless, like a sloth. Like, just like, uh, I'll get up this morning and I'll watch from my TV, you know. Where, where, how are people working out their calling on God? How are they taking those talents and putting them to work, sitting on their couch? I don't know. But this is the challenge that we face today in Family Church Waterville, in this time and the season that we live in. And so we, however, are going to stay the course. And you know what? Like we said about those movie nights. Yes. Those movie nights, come on. We are start, it's been a year now and we've got our regulars that come here. And we're starting to bump into those guys in the supermarkets now and in the, and in the high street. And this is, where, this is where we're starting to bear fruit now. This is where we're starting to really engage with people outside of the movie night. This is what it's all about. We are in this for the, we're playing the long game. Listen, we are plowing, and we are sowing, and we are watering, and there will be a harvest because God says, God says, you sow, you will reap. Amen. Amen. We will. And we are starting to see some harvest out there now, but it's slow, and the progress is slow. Hebrews 10, 35 to 39. I read it to you from my Bible because I just like to read my, from my Bible, and I like to you to see that this is actually what... God's Word says, not just what I've written on paper. So Hebrews, there's somewhere here, Hey, right, Sandy? It's in the back of the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's happening there? Before James, here we go, Hebrews 10. Hebrews, Hebrews 10. Hebrews ten thirty-five to 38. Just make a note of it. But he says, Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which is great reward, now he's not talking about self-confidence he's talking about don't cast away your confidence in God he says because that has great reward he says verse 36For you have need of endurance you're going to have need of endurance so that after you have done the will of God you may receive the promise after you've done so in other words you're going to have to endure you're going to have to do the will of the the will of God and the word of God and afterwards You will receive the promise. And he says, for yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. Church, we are not going to draw back. We are going to endure. We are here for the long haul. We are playing the long game. And you know what? There is a pressure and there is a heat that comes from that. You know, frustration does, uh, 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 makes you get hot, doesn't it? There's a heat that comes from disappointment and frustration and, and obstruction and, and, and the things that come against you. And, but we are going to take the heat of the day. We, are, we will bear up under that heat. We are not going to fall away. Hey, John said to me this morning, those new series as We Are. He said, yeah, you can call us on. We are sweating because we were sweating this morning getting churched church set up. Hey, John. But you know what? We will take the heat. We will take the heat for the sake of those that are going to come behind us. I-, I-, I couldn't help but think of that, um, that parable that Jesus spoke in the in the uh, Gospels where he spoke of the, that faith being like a mustard seed. You recall? And he said mustard seed is the smallest of the seeds, herb seeds, and and yet when it grows up it becomes the largest herb in the garden and in fact it becomes a tree and the birds come and find shelter under its shade we are going to be like that tree we might be small now but a big oak is a little nut that stood its ground and we are going to stand our ground and we are going to grow strong and we are going to take the heat of the day and we are going to provide shelter for those that are yet to come behind us you know someone uh Isabella asked me this morning, this equipment, where do we get it from? Do we hire it out? Do we use? no no the, we were blessed with this equipment when we planted out this church? So Family Church haven't planted us out and they sent us with all this equipment. This equipment was purchased off the financial sacrifices and stewardship of people that went before us, most of them we don't even know. They paid the price. We have the benefit. We today are going to pay the price for those who are going to come behind us. This is what we are about. This is who we are, and this is what we are about. And so today I want to just encourage you with, just with this thought that you know, there, there is no sacrifice that we can make that would come anywhere clear, anywhere close to, to what Jesus has done for us. Nothing we can do can measure up to the sacrifice Jesus made for us. And it was he who said, Greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his brothers. You know, we need to be making those those quality decisions about what are we willing to do? What are our values? You know, can I encourage you, just coming into clothes, just coming into land here. Can I encourage you to perhaps take this week as we go into a new season, the kids are going back to a new year in school now. It's a new year starting in a lot of respects. Take this, take opportunity now to re-evaluate your lives. What are the things in your life, not not your moral values, but what are the things that you value in your life? What do you hold close? What do you dear? Because what you value is going to dictate the direction of your life. You will give attention to it. You will give time to it. You will give thought to it. Likewise, the things that you don't, you won't. So can I encourage you to to reevaluate your lives, and and I'm going to share some scriptures with you in light of this, okay? And these are just I'm just going to read out some some scriptures and some things from the scripture just to encourage you in light of reevaluating your life. This is who we are in Christ. This is who we are in Christ. We are the church. We are the body of Christ, and members individually, members individually, not. God, God doesn't see, you as a, as us. He will see us as a mass of people. He sees us as in members individually, coming together, each with our unique past, our, our unique hurts, our unique battles, our scars, the things that, that irk us. The thing, the, he sees you as an individual. He knows your dreams and your hopes. God knows you. You are an individual to God. So we are the church, the body of Christ, members individually. He is the head of the body, the church. Jesus is the head of the church. So we want to be staying together as the church because Jesus is the head. Peter says, you are as living stones. You as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Isn't that nice? You are living stones, you are being built up as a spiritual house and a holy priesthood to God. He says, you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation, his own special people. This is what God says about you. He says, you who once were not a people, but now are the people of God. You who had not obtained mercy, but have now obtained mercy. Why do we exist? So that others who don't know him, who are not a people, can become part of the people of God. Those who haven't yet received mercy may receive that mercy. Paul tells us in Ephesians that you and I are blessed. You are blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus in the heavenly places. He says that you are chosen in him before the foundation of the world, that you should be holy and without blame before him in love. He says he's adopted you as sons by Jesus Christ to himself. He says he's accepted you in the beloved. You are redeemed through his blood through his blood, and your sins are forgiven. It's time to reevaluate our lives. What do we place value on? This is who God calls us. This is, how, this is the lens of God. Sandy spoke last week about looking through the lens of love. This is looking through the lens of love, but from God down to you. God is looking at you through this lens of love and he sees you as a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. So church, I just want to encourage you. We are family and Jesus is the firstborn among many brethren. Jesus is, in many respects, our big brother. So that is that for today. I want to encourage you. Let's spend time... Thinking about what do we value, how do we, how do we value what we have in our lives and what direction do one allows us to go in?